The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Shalom and good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3, and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco. Oakland and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Cali for 100 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August of fall, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Mahon Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. At this time, 
I would like to invite all of you in our viewing audience to celebrate with us the 55th anniversary of the Hawaii Branch Church located at 2529 Kilo Ole Street in Hilo, Hawaii. Hosted by Pastor Walter Aitinloi, services will begin promptly at 10 a.m. Come and enjoy sweet fellowship with one another and feast upon the pure word of God, priesthood's fullness. As we celebrate President's Day tomorrow in honor of our presidents of the past, present, and in the future, we pray that they seek the Lord to lead and guide them to rule our country in the fear of God, not man. And now let's begin the music portion of our program. Let an ear to the words sung by our church choir under the leadership of Emilia Hahn. Singing for you this befitting song entitled, Jesus is Calling America. Please sing along with our choir as the words appear on your screen.
those eight seventeen states, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. The men and women of our church band, with their God-given talents, will play this inspirational tune entitled, Love Found a Way. <laughs>
praises of joy and thanksgiving is offered in the voice of this morning's soloist, Sierra Lynn Hahn, as she sings this melody entitled, In the Valley He Restoreth My Soul, with How Great Thou Art.
Reading the Word of God daily and putting Jesus first in your life is truly a walk down the path of righteousness. A course you can choose to do or not is a decision only you can make. Once again, our church choir will sing this wonderful song entitled, In God We Trust.
God bless you this morning with a flute duet playing a most befitting song for our program entitled, I Have a Wonderful Lord. The time is now to seek the Lord, viewers, when salvation is full and free. The way Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr. will sing this moving and rousing song entitled Born Again. John 3 7 reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. It's with great delight that we dedicate this wonderful song to Ms. Juliet Usan. We pray the Lord smile down upon you and pour you out bountiful blessings pressed down and overflowing. Have a fantastic Sunday, Juliet. What I'm going to say I'm not ashamed No, not ashamed One day I pray Jesus take my sin away And that's when I was born Born again Born again This belief in a change in me Born again just like Jesus said.
One man came to Jesus, John, and chapter 3. I'm so afraid, oh, so afraid. Master, you're from God, I really do believe. And Jesus said, be born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again, and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Jesus said, born again and all because of Calvary, I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again, I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again. Praise the Lord, and good morning everyone, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can be now viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located in 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches 
as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Cassinero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. These weekly telecasts are especially significant to us because they allow us the opportunity to come into your homes and share the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you at the push, pull, or turn of your button and in the comfort of your surroundings. May the Lord bless you for taking this time to draw closer to Him by reading the Word of God with me and receiving today's sermon entitled, Let Us Pray for the Leaders of All the Nations and the leaders of the state of Hawaii. Tomorrow is President's Day. We honor all the presidents of the past and present. Read in 2 Samuel 23, 1-3, Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on the high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Obey them and remember them in your prayers. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2, 1-3, I exalt therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Asaph, the author of Psalm 73, was a person privileged to be in the courts of King David. His position in the court shows how he was a God-fearing man and conscientious of his responsibilities in his service to King David. Asaph's psalm, and as with many other scriptures, revealed the inner thoughts of every Christian who rigorously resists sin and lives a life mindful of God. The contrast of the wicked and the righteous once again surfaces and becomes an issue. Satan would want us to believe that godliness is unprofitable. The truth of the matter is undeniable. However, the answer remains the same that we must choose to whom or what we will give our loyalty and allegiance. Though the world may plan for its future, it really doesn't have one. For the believer, a godly lifestyle will not only produce blessings and rewards in the present, but future promises of blessings and rewards in heaven. As you read the scriptures, the truth is brought to us in plain and simple terms of human experience. Learning life's lessons with God at our side can be compared to an apprentice who has yet to step outside the classroom and experience reality through on-the-job training. 
to perfect these skills. We are only strong as our weakest link in the chain, so why not work to correct that part of our lives that can cause self-destruction? Let us read in Psalm 73, 1-3, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well almost nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is a familiar feeling which can be experienced by any Christian. We become burdened and at times depressed or discouraged. David fell into depression when the Lord pointed out the sins David committed and which he thought he had hidden. Job, while under an extreme test, fell into depression and God rebuked him to gird up thy loins now like a man. Elijah fell into a slump when his life was being pursued by Jezebel after killing all her prophets, yet God remained true to them. If they in turn remained true to him, we like Asaph, Find comfort in a just and loving God, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We believe in the Lord who will punish the wicked for their wickedness and reward the good in this life with eternal life when he returns. The contrast and doubt comes when the believer observes the world becoming increasingly more wicked and yet prospering, whereas the righteous appear to go unrewarded. At times, we develop an expectancy mentality and begin to lust after those things we don't have rather than appreciating the things God has freely given to us. In our limited thinking, we want God to bless us abundantly because we have chosen to serve Him and have made numerous sacrifices. We are not able to appreciate a blessing that is sent to of God unless it is in the form that will fulfill our lust. We want to see and experience the difference between those that love the Lord and those that oppose Him. However, when one is in this valley of decision, one has forgotten what God considers to be most important and worth saving. Asaph plundered the way the world was living and compared it to the lifestyles of those who were serving the Lord. He pondered the fact, why do the wicked appear to be blessed while the godly suffer and are always found in need? Asaph's thoughts are familiar to us and can be a hindrance to one's salvation if not responded to immediately. This is a result of looking at men rather than looking at God. Evidently, what Asaph experienced then, we find that believers today are also facing. The righteous are making tremendous sacrifices for the sake of the gospel. However, their lives appear to be going nowhere while the ungodly can be found on the fast track of limitless opportunities for success. The righteous are willingly and faithfully giving their tithes and fuel offerings, requiring tight budgeting and scrutinized spending. Yet, the ungodly spend their earnings freely, living carefree and getting richer without fear of consequences. They appear to be favored for fortune, well fed and well protected from the calamities the world suffers. Asaph also observed how we all die. There was no difference between the righteous and unrighteousness. They live richly, proudly, and arrogantly, and at times oppressed and intimidated the righteous with their unbelief. They spoke against God and gave Him no honor or respect. Abstinence, repentance, and prayer were a thing of the past. Nothing was withheld from their eyes, nor from their thirst. The turmoil within Asaph required an explanation such that he could be comforted and come to an understanding. He admitted that he nearly lost his footing in this matter. Envy and covetousness bittered his soul, especially when contrasted with his own well-being. 
reading verses 16 to 17 of Psalm 73. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Preaching the word of God in its fullness always brings comfort to the Christian in troubled times. Troubled meaning we begin to ask ourselves if the sacrifices are worth it all, or whether our eyes begin to view greener pastures. Asaph concluded his faith in God and his presence in the court of the Lord, enlightened his understanding of God's word. The anxiety was heavy upon Asaph's heart. The God of Israel promised blessing and prosperity to the pure in heart and pronounced curses upon all wickedness and evildoers. But what Asaph saw around him, he could not come to grips with. The wicked flourished while the godly appeared to be suffering. The wicked enjoyed increasing riches and wealth, but the godly were in dire straits and in want because of for them. Conveniences came after the time and substance they gave to God first. In spite of turmoil and bitter spirit, Asaph knew in his heart what he had to do and in whom he would find the answer. In his disappointment, he drew nearer to God. He laid his arguments entirely on the altar of the Lord, calling upon the Lord's name. He went to the place where the Spirit and the name of Jesus dwelled, such that the answers to his burden would be revealed to his heart. A word of advice, TV viewers. When you feel yourself wanting to give up, and you feel the sacrifices and devotions made to the Lord were worthless, that is when you need the Lord the most. Those who give in are immediately swallowed up in sin, whereas those who fight on receive the full and complete victory. Wonderful and invigorating realizations are found in the house of the Lord and in the Word of God. Let us turn to Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now after that John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, Repent ye and believe the gospel. Television viewers, if you firmly believe in the second coming of the Lord, then you will find the gospel stirring and comforting. There are many preachers in this world, but not all are informing their congregations of how to be saved. They preach on subject matters that bring comfort and arouse interest about his return, but nothing is said assuring them that they are saved. They preach on the tribulation and the wrath to come, but I would find no comfort in that message if I were not told of a way to escape it. They preach of Jesus coming in clouds of glory, but I would be burdened with emptiness if I were not assured that I have the worthiness to be part of that meeting in the air. When Paul spoke of the gift of tongues and of interpretation, he humbly said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18 to 19, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Thus to leave you unexposed to the gospel of the kingdom of God would defeat the purpose of this telecast, and I would be failing in my commission in bringing souls to Christ. The scriptures we read in Mark 1, 15 to 14 says how the ministry of Jesus brought an end to the ministry of John. The presence of Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament, the full intent of the Lord, and even the doctrine of repentance. John preached. That is why Jesus was quoted in verse 15, the time is fulfilled. His presence has fulfilled the intent of the law as well as the prophecy of John, that they should believe on him, that is Jesus, who would come after him, referring to John. Viewers, the time is not to consider the salvation of your soul, for today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. My rejoicing is this, 
that through the simplicity and godly sincerity of this program, and by the grace of God, you will respond positively to the gospel of the kingdom of God. Read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is the key Jesus referred to in his conversation with Peter while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. The combination of the water and Spirit makes the born-again message complete. Born of water refers to the baptism in Jesus' name by immersion. And being born of the Spirit refers to the infilling of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. Baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are born again by the Word, it means that we are following the footsteps of Jesus to the letter. It should not be taken out of context, making it to mean since one has merely heard the Word, he or she is saved already. Born again by the word means to be obedient to it, like you would obey the speed limit posted on the highway. The foundation for our understanding is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and exercise the fear of the Lord. Paul willingly gave up all that he had achieved in this life so that he could learn of Jesus. In other words, he not only dedicated himself to the service of the king, but removed everything in his life that would prevent him from experiencing the fullness found in Jesus. He was a Pharisee, but while in the ministry, he worked as a tent maker. To fear the Lord means to stand in the awe and reverence of him. Reverence means to honor and respect. As we come to know Jesus, we are exposed to his ways. We learn of them and from them. Therefore, we can honor the Lord by keeping and obeying his word. To fear and reverence Jesus must be heartfelt and not considered as just an accumulation of knowledge. Therefore, Peter tells us baptism is the answer of a good conscience toward God. Viewers, if Jesus would have you to do some great thing that would be recognized in the eyes of men in order to be saved, you would do it. In this endeavor, Jesus is asking us to do something very simple and fundamental to the gospel. Likewise, Naaman of all kings, chapter 5, thought similarly when he sought the healing of his leprosy from Elijah. Elijah instructed him to go and dip seven times in the river Jordan and he would be cleansed. But Naaman, being wise and prudent in his own eyes, thought that Elijah should just speak the word, and he would be healed. He further argued on his behalf, referring the rivers of Damascus as being better than Jordan. His servants then said to him, If the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? Naaman was cleansed of his leprosy because he finally conceded to the instructions. We can also bear in mind that no such healing of leprosy occurred since until Jesus began his ministry. Thus, the answer is clear, television viewers, as to what you must do to be saved. Let us read in Acts 2:38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Water baptism was exercised before and after the crucifixion. Jesus was baptized, setting pattern for all to follow. After Pentecost, the only change to the ministry was the presence of the Holy Ghost. The gospel was now to include both Jew and Gentile. Reading the book of Acts will show you how comforts were baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. It was not by faith only, but by faith and works. Reading Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. As I said in the past, 
This telecast would be empty if my sermons did not include the gospel. It is uncomplicated, and its authenticity has been proven many times over. I encourage you to search the scriptures, asking Jesus, show me the way to eternal life. Now, if we are cumbered and burdened with the cares of this life, Jesus says to take our burdens to the cross and leave them there. If our trials seem overwhelming, Jesus says to leave them at the altar and go our way rejoicing, serving the Lord, and anticipate the victory. If we become envious of the world and its wickedness, we must recall that for all those who are patient in well-doing, who seek glory, honor, and immortality, the reward is eternal life. For those who are contentious and do not obey the truth but prefer unrighteousness, what awaits them is indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish. The reward for Asaph's bitter struggle brought to light the presence of God with his people in internal battle. We can conclude the following. Through this test came the realization of the Prince of God with him. Secondly, the Spirit of God guided Asaph through this trial that nearly cost him his soul. Thirdly, the Lord caused him to recall the scriptures and previous victories in that difficult hour. Fourth, there is an end for the godless and sinful world, and their fortunes are temporary, and their dependency on those fortunes leaves them vulnerable to the devil. Words of assurance and confidence motivated Moses and Joshua to press on. Those words were, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Reading verse 23, 24 of Psalm 73, Nevertheless, I am continued with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and after receive me to glory. Ruling over a problem does not take it away. Blaming God for it makes the situation worse and gives way to the devil. However, prayer does work. It develops faith and stamina. We should not throw in the towel because our spiritual or physical conflict has exhausted us and made us weary in well-doing. Hasty decisions will only hurt you. Television viewers and the world you despise continues without missing a step. Call upon his name and he will be there to deliver you. Return to Psalm 73, 25, 26, you read, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart fail it, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God will never leave nor forsake his people. Strength and confidence is provided during the toughest test of trial. Asaph faced with a test with himself. The test is all about him and his relationship with God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There had no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that he may be able to bear it. I have always reminded my congregation to view the current events with God in mind. Viewing the lifestyles and behavior of the world through the eyes of the Holy Ghost and knowledge of the Scriptures allows us to see the various signs of His coming. Through the eyes of the Scriptures, we see deceit, corruption, and violence on the increase. If we are standing firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ, these things will not influence our thinking. Firmly situated on the solid rock Christ Jesus, we are able to withstand any assault on our faith or whether every battle, though it may come from within. One fact we learn is that it is not what we have achieved in this life which pleases the Lord, but the keeping of His commandments. The world tends to identify godliness with prosperity, whereas the Lord tells that godliness with contentment is great gain. 
and a man's life consists in not of the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Let us turn to and read Matthew 16, 24 to 27. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose that, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Jesus wants us to put him first in our lives. We should be living today as we knew Jesus was returning in clouds of glory tomorrow. Having or developing the right attitude will keep you, TV viewers, and every believer in the center of his will. It is when we become weak in spirit that we befriend our lusts and wants. The cross of Christ bears no significance in one life, and the fear of the consequence of sin no longer exists. That is a recipe that will cause many to fall from the grace of God, and especially in the last days. Two men were at a funeral of a close friend, and they confided in each other about the deceased. One said to the other, well, how much did he leave? referring to his assets. The other said cunningly, he left it all. We came with nothing in this world, and certainly we can take nothing with us when we die. Thus, viewers, the saving of the soul should be paramount for you this morning. As we live with God's presence in our lives, we also realize how tough, trying, and demanding life can be. Life will be filled with challenges and adversities that seem overwhelming. Oftentimes, we can get discouraged, but we, believers, have powerful tools of the tree that will assist us to be victorious and avoid the pitfalls of pessimism. In Matthew chapter 6, one will know the term, take no thought, meaning don't worry. In the scripture, we are not being instructed to abandon good planning, organization, or common sense, but just being asked to get rid of the worry. If one is self-absorbed of the material needs, then that will take one's attention away from the Lord. If one is constantly looking at the position of others, then consciousness is being perfected in that individual. If one becomes preoccupied with the cares of this life, then one has forgotten the scripture, you cannot serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Occasional doubts are a common experience to most believers, and to avoid contempt, patience must be one of the virtues. Earnest prayer, remembering the word of God and staying focused on the promises are the most effective means of battling fears and doubts. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review the Silicast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next Silicast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Our church band will close on another sweet hour of fellowship with a tune entitled, Preach the Foursquare Gospel.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.